And good morning on this Sunday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets. Food for thought and for the imagination. As we have been looking at the different hindrances hindrances uh, to prayer, today we're going to be looking in the book of Matthew in chapter 6. As Jesus was addressing the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, the religious people, and of course his disciples and those that were listening to him at that time. It says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. See, he was talking about general, but now specifically, thou. That means you, you specifically. When you pray, enter into your closet, and when you have shut the door, your door, uh, pray to your Father, which is in secret, and your Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward you openly it 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 goes to the thee and the thou the thee and the thou and the thy uh, meaning in the in the greek language specifically you not not talking about everybody but you specifically when you do it to your father now jesus introduced the concept of praying to the father in a wider sense in the old testament uh, the concept was not as broad and as much. The uh, in the book of Malachi, it does talk about uh, uh, if if I am your father, or as uh, uh, God being their father. But in the Gospels, and especially in the book of John, Jesus goes all out on talking about his relationship with the Father and everything that pertained to the Father. Jesus responded out of the relationship as a son. He is and was a son in the relationship. And from there, he is truly the only one that had fully experienced a life of prayer that was unbroken, unhindered, and one that uh, had never had the, the prayers of the Lord unanswered. They were always answered. So Jesus spoke from complete 100% uh, percent experience, and we can learn from these things. Now, as I've mentioned before, there are many things that can hinder our prayers without our even realizing it. If we pray contrary to the will of God, our prayers will not be heard. If the motive or the motivation behind those prayers is not love, true love, out of an unselfish heart, uh, they will not be heard. If the prayers contain or are in unbelief or in doubt, they will not be heard. If the prayers contain uh, strife and contention and confusion and envying and all these things, they will not be heard. And if the prayers are manipulative, we're trying to manipulate God. 
uh, we're trying to manipulate the lives of people through our prayers, then they will not be heard. And also, our prayers can, cannot be uh, not only manipulative, but they, they cannot contain in them any form or any uh, 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 fashion of, of, of greed whatsoever. They must be unselfish. And uh, when Jesus continued in verse number 7, it says, But when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. And of course, he was citing many examples of how people uh, basically, uh, they would write it down and put it on some type of a drum and spin it uh, over and over and over, or even just simply saying it over and over, having no meaning whatsoever. Then it says, For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Some of Jesus' prayers were the simplest. When he just simply said, Lazarus, come forth. That's two words. And Lazarus came out of the tomb. Now, of course, Jesus did a lot of personal praying hidden from sight, uh, a lot of intercession, a lot of time of intimacy with the Heavenly Father, with the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, when he did things in public, they were manifested because he had already been heard and answered in private. That, that's, that's why he would just simply speak the word only, to just say it. Because he had already triumphant, he had been victorious, he had persevered already in prayer uh, when he chose his 12 disciples. He, the scripture says that he spent all night in prayer. And then, of course, the following morning, he, uh, he chose them. Uh, and, of course, he tells them, I've chosen uh, 12 of you and one of you is a devil. So already he had been told and revealed unto him uh, who, not only who these men were, but what they were. In verse number uh, 8 of uh, Matthew chapter 6, it says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. And we had made mention yesterday concerning the, the position or the place of a natural father. Uh, a natural father, as much as they may try, of course, we, we or they can do their best. The father as a protector for the family he can protect his family as much as is humanly possible when he is there, but he is not there all the time. He may be off at work. He may be off doing something else. And the family may be in four different spots or four different places at the same time. So he cannot accomplish this. But yet God, our Father, our Heavenly Father, is everywhere present at all times with us. 
And of course, uh, the scripture says that our Heavenly Father uh, is our provider. Now, a natural father can make provisions for us. But in today's world, even that is limited. Not everything that the children need or the family needs or the wife needs can be provided uh, by the husband uh, as far as uh, financially or physically or mentally or socially or economically. The father should be able to be there to be able to comfort and encourage the family. But in not being there, uh, then the family is going to be lacking something. So even though he may try and may do these things, he will be limited. So Jesus taught us to pray to our Heavenly Father. But that means we have to know him as the Son knew him in a true relationship. This is not something mental. This is not something emotional. But this is something very personal and intimate. Jesus came as a representative of the Heavenly Father. His Heavenly Father, He was born as the last Adam and as the second man. As Adam was created, the first uh, man. And Jesus came representing Him. He was begotten of the Father. The holy seed that was in the womb of Mary was of the Father. And therefore, Jesus, the human part of him, was of the Father. But in heaven, he was already the eternal Word of God, the Son of God. So, when he came to earth, he came to manifest and show us the Father. And if we look at this, he starts off in his prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, in verse uh, 8, it says, uh, Be not like unto them, therefore, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. Now, there's a lot of fathers that can say, well, Okay, I know uh, 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 they want to borrow the car, or I know that they want money to do this. But he doesn't know all the things that a child, especially in today's age that we live in and in the world that we're in, he doesn't know all the things that a child is going through, whether being bullied or, or, or feeling lonely or uh, uh, just simply going through, through things he may not be fully consciously aware of. And we assume that if the father just simply provides food and clothing and a, a roof over the head, that's enough. But it's not enough. He has many other responsibilities. He should know and understand that the life of their children need direction. They need someone to point them in the right direction. They need discipline. They need admonishment. They need nurture. All of these things involve and include spiritual works and acts that he himself must or have already learned and experienced in his life in order to be able to pass it on to his children. 
But for lack of another word, many fathers have not experienced, have not known. In fact, there is truly not a manual out there for them other than the word of God as to how to raise their children. But Jesus, openly looking at him, we see a manifestation of the Father being in Jesus and he being in the Father through the words and through the actions that they accomplish. Jesus said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Then, of course, later on in the book of John in chapter 14, he talks about us being also in them and they being in us. So that the will of the Father in heaven is manifested on this earth by us being able to know and to hear in the time of fellowship and communion with him what it is that he wants accomplished. The direction and the purpose for our life is in his hands and all the planning and all the things that he has done all the things that are are the responsibility of a parent or a father, he is fully conscious and aware of. But we have to reciprocate that. That means we have to also respect him. We have to honor him. We look to him as our role model. And we must not only respond to him, we must be responsible in all that he has planned for our lives. And of course, as we as children, we must be led and guided. But as we are led and guided and we fulfill and obey him, as Jesus in uh, Hebrews uh, 5.8, even though he was a son, through the things he suffered, he learned obedience. And of course, uh, the book of Hebrews in chapter 12 talks about being subject to the Father uh, in discipline and in correction because he knows exactly what we need and he knows how to apply it to our lives. Now, it says Jesus in Matthew uh, 6, 9, and we'll probably pick up in this area tomorrow, but just introducing it. After this manner, therefore pray. You, our Father, so that means we belong to a family, the family of God that Paul identifies in Ephesians in chapter in, in the book of Ephesians in chapter one. We belong to a family. We're part of others, not just ourselves. It says, "After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hollow is your name. He is holy. His name is holy, and he says." Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. His will, his purpose be done on earth that is in heaven. That means that there is absolutely no place for selfishness as a motive whatsoever in our prayers. It has got to be what does God want, not what do I want. Yes, he says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. But when we are paying attention to him, we begin to realize that those desires have been put there by him, not by my flesh, not by my sensual living, but by his will and his word in our very hearts. 
Well, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly fully bless you. And uh, keep looking up. Our redemption and redeemer draw nigh. In Jesus' name, amen.